Hi, I'm Brian Wise, editor of Rhythms Magazine. We continue our series of interviews recorded during Blues Fest 2019 with Oakland, California musician Fantastic Negrito, who's won two Grammy Awards in the Contemporary Blues Album category. I spoke to him backstage on the first night of the festival. Blues Fest is fantastic Negrito. Thanks for joining me once again. We keep bumping into each other, don't we? I love that. Uh, there's only one fantastic Negrito in the world, and I'm here with you. I don't know whether to call you fantastic or Xavier. I was going to call you Javier, but it's not Javier, is it? Hey, whatever your heart says. I think I'll call you fantastic. There you go. <laughs> uh, we met in Nashville last year during Americana. You were on stage at the Americana Awards. Yes, I did, a, I did a, a tribute to my fellow Bay Area artist, Creedence Clearwater Revival, and uh, I did it with Nathaniel Rateliff and Lucas Nelson. You sang Fortunate Son. Exactly. It's uh, Those lyrics are just as relevant now as they were 35 years ago. That's hard to believe, isn't it? But it's true. Well, good music is good music. And one thing about the Bay Area, uh, we produce some pretty good music. Uh, well, I mean, it's hard to believe that the, rel- the lyrics would still be relevant, even if not more so than they were a few years ago. Well, I think that, you know, great music is just great music and there's no time frame or there's no expiration for good music. I think for, you know, mindless, trendy music, uh, there is a definite expiration date. kind of suggesting not a lot has changed or some things have changed but yeah I mean you know things change and then they don't change and people are uh, people have a very 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 short memory and you know I I feel that it's really not McDonald's or Coca-Cola that are the great commodities that it's really fear fear is the great commodity and you can market 
and you can package it and you can sell it to people and they will oblige every time. What are you selling people with your music? Hope? Well, I don't really try to sell anything. I mean, I'm, I'm a street player, I'm a busker. It was never about selling anything. I think a long time ago when I was a kid and I was you know, getting these huge record deals, I always thought about what could music do for me and what could I sell and what could I get. But I think when I came up with the idea of Fantastic Negrito five years ago, I think I was feeling more like, hey, what can I contribute? What, I could, what can I contribute to this human family? What can I contribute to music? And um, I think what I can contribute is a lot of my life experiences and a lot of my failure in life and how I've been able to uh, take that, as I say on the on the song on Please Don't Be Dead, take that bullshit, turn it into good shit. We were talking the other day about Oakland. It's a fascinating place because it's near San Francisco, but it's completely different to San Francisco. Oh, and completely. Was, and I was saying how I was really scared driving over the Bay Bridge because a double-story bridge. You used to drive cars over there for a different reason, didn't you? Not as a tourist. Well, when I was a, when we were little kids, we were mischievous, and we would, uh, you know, borrow cars that weren't ours and <laughs> drive them over the bridge and have a good time and uh, come back. And that's what kids are, you know, rambunctious and nuts and crazy, especially you're growing up in areas that are economically challenged. You know, children will find a way to uh, keep themselves occupied. When you say borrow, did the owners know that you were borrowing the cars? Absolutely not. That's what kids do. That's what little uh, bad kids in the streets do. And I was definitely one of them at one time. And look what I've grown up to be. See? So how did that happen? I mean, tell us about your background and and how did that... My background, I was from a family of uh, 14 children. I was the eighth. And, um, you know, I just... I didn't want to really live in, in that situation anymore. They were very religious. I ran away when I was 12 years old and never came back and kind of grew up on the streets. And I think that really shaped a lot of my music, a lot of the album, The Last Days of Oakland, Please Don't Be Dead. I mean, the, just the bass lines I wrote on Please Don't Be Dead were really based on all the drug dealers in the neighborhood, like because they had a certain swag and they had a certain movement. And I can always reach back on some of those challenging, difficult times and really pull something beautiful and useful out of it you still live in Oakland don't you yes I do and, and you were telling me the other day that you've got what you've got your own farm or like a chickens yeah and grow uh, vegetables and things like that there it's 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 very inspiring for me to uh, live in a kind of um, urban farm environment it really inspires me to pick up the acoustic guitar just go walk with nature and the chickens and the vegetables and and I come up with some uh, amazing songs and amazing ideas. Now, I mustn't have looked around very carefully in Oakland because I saw a lot of ships and containers, and I didn't see too many places oh, where they the were. Port. I was must have been over at the port. You were at the port. You need to get around and go in the other direction. Walk away from the water. Okay. But it's a very uh, incredible city, full of ideas and ideology and culture. And music and um, when I had the idea of Fantastic Negrito five years ago I walked right into the street of city of Oakland around the streets with my acoustic guitar I started playing songs and I thought if I had songs songs like night is turned today and um, lost in a crowd I thought why don't I play them for people who don't want to hear them because that's how you really feel like your music is working and you're connecting with people 
I think I should have mentioned at the start of the interview that you are the winner of two, not one, two Grammy Awards. Yes, both of my albums, The Last Days of Oakland and Please Don't Be Dead, have both won uh, Grammys for the artist and producer, which I am both the artist, producer, and songwriter um, for the best contemporary blues album. So I put out two full albums and I've won... uh, Two Grammys, so I don't know what it's like <laughs> to put out an album and not win a Grammy, so I'm in trouble. Do you think perhaps you should retire now while you're ahead? No, I don't really look at the Grammys uh, as something that's really defines who I am. I really go into, when I go into the studio, I shut down, I plug in, and I try to write and produce the most genuine, most creative, and the most compelling music that I can create i mean i write all my songs for my kids basically that's the way i look at it that if something ever happened to me that there's enough depth and philosophy and knowledge and and courage in this music that i'm writing and and like some of the things that we're facing in the united states like i wrote the song a boy named andrew a lot about just immigration and about people's xenophobia and fear of other people and so i like to address those topics through music and I do it for my children. Well, it's interesting because those—that's the sort of thing that's happening all over the world, not just in America now, isn't it? So the yeah, I think it's kind of this worldwide, global kind of populist, neo-fascist movement. But let's let's be real. I mean, I think every sixty years or so, people forget about democracy and they go, "Hey, what about you know, it's fascism or something?" So it's not, you know, this we've seen this all all happen before, and I think it's a great time to be an artist right now you get out on the front line the, the second song on my album is called the bad guy necessity everybody needs a bad guy so they so they can have a savior they've been doing this since rome so back then it was the, you know the germanic tribes and now we're scared of mexicans and terrorists and all this stuff which is really just uh hyped up commodified fear to sell to people so that uh they can be controlled I'm at a blues fest in Byron Bay. It's kind of a little bit north of Byron Bay, 11 k's north at Tiagra. And it's been a beautiful day today, Thursday, opening day. I'm with Fantastic Negrito. Now, I know that you have been working with Quincy Jones. Well, I wouldn't say so much as working with him, but what I did do about two weeks ago is that I, I guess that is working with him, yes, on, on um, a project that he and the director, Steve McQueen of uh, 12 Years a Slave and many other great movies, we uh, did a project called Soundtrack of America. And uh, it was pretty amazing. It opened up at the uh, a new venue in New York called The Shed. And so this was Quincy Jones and Steve McQueen's Brainchild. That's the building that moves along on rollers yes. or something, isn't it? Yes. A brand new, pretty incredible. extraordinary building. Yes. So yeah. we kicked off, uh, you know, about six nights of music and a different, a lot of different um, artists, really from you know the whole Black Roots experience music and how this, all this music has really influenced the world, actually, you know. And so we had a, a chance to uh, showcase and play for Quincy and hang out and talk to him, and it was great. You know, you're getting. A nod from Quincy Jones is not a, not a bad thing, so I was happy to go and, and play. He must have told you some interesting stories. He did tell me some things that I won't repeat, because <laughs> he likes to talk a lot. 
Well, he, he did get into trouble for an interview he oh, did last man, year. I, I, hey, I love Quincy. I respect him. I'll let him be the loose cannon. There must I'm, be some stories that he told that you can tell us. Oh, Is there any? Are there any? I I don't know. You know, I mean, he said a little. He was talking a little bit about Stevie Wonder, and uh, that was interesting. But yeah, it was what just. Was no, I'm going to tell you. This is what I'm going to tell you. What was great about Quincy Jones? He was like, it was like talking to the Bible of music, and he just knew it all, and he was just breaking it down from each era to each era from bebop to jazz to blues to soul to funk to pop r&b just was so so knowledgeable man it was fascinating sitting there and that's really what i gravitated towards was uh, you know the musical side of things and he he really has been had such a huge handprint on the world musically he's talking about his time with sinatra he's talking about his time with michael jackson and so on and so forth, man. It was it was, it was pretty unbelievable. You sometimes think that uh, a 25-year-old has inhabited his body and it's not, they've taken, an alien has taken him over to keep him young. Well, he's 85 years old, man. He's uh, lived quite an extraordinary life and he's made an immense contribution to uh, the musical landscape. How do you think that will inspire you, having met him now and spent well, some time with him? Must have been fantastic. I think all these greats I've met, you know, Buddy Guy, and talk with him, I'm Taj Mahal, Robert Plant, Quincy Jones, I just check them off as I meet them. And um, it's always interesting to, I, I look at them as the village elders, you know, and they're the people that you uh, look for a standard of, of excellence. It's great. The latest album's been out for a while. Are you working on another one? Well, I'm always kind of just perpetually writing, but I wouldn't say album mode yet. Uh, Please Don't Be Dead still has a lot of life in it. Just won a Grammy a couple months ago, and um, we're still out here touring the world, man. Uh, we should ask you about the title of the album, because I guess it says it all in a way, doesn't it? Well, I was in Europe quite a bit, and just abroad, and people would always be very alarmed when they talked to me about the state of America. I think people had a very, have a very favorable opinion of what the United States is and what we say that we stand for. But I think as of late, lately, that we hadn't really been saying those things, like being a country that was welcoming, being a leader in the free world, and um, really promoting the ideals of, of democracy and free speech and openness. And as of late, you know, something different had been coming out of America. And so I think the world is a little bit concerned. Looking forward to seeing you here at Blues Fest and all the best and well, we'll probably run into each other somewhere else soon. I think we will. <laughs> Take that bullshit, yeah. turn it into good shit.
only one fantastic Negrito in the world, and I'm here in Byron Bay, Australia. <laughs>